Welcome to Stages Season 2, Episode 1. I have tried time and time again to record this podcast after Pete passed away, but as several people in my life encouraged me, I have extended myself grace in time to get the first episode out when I could and to make this first one a simple one. So today I will be sharing ideas for things you can do if someone you care for is hurting. In my case, it will be talking about what people did for me in my grief, but these things can be done for anyone facing a difficult season or loss. In the months after Pete's diagnosis, our job losses, the ups and downs in his cancer journey, his time in hospice, and his passing away, we have had so many things done for us that blessed us immensely. We've had people do our laundry, write thank you notes for us, clean our house, help with meals. We have had and continue to have an amazing amount of monetary help. We were helped with meals and transporting Pete to and from appointments. People dealt with our weeds and our yard and our snow. We had friends from in town who would sit with Pete when he could stay awake and talk with them, and sometimes when he couldn't. A friend would take Pete on drives to just get him out of the house and talk about life. I had a friend who took me to a hotel the day Pete passed away. We cried, laughed, talked about him, then talked about other things that gave me reprieve and a break from thinking about Pete. We had so many helpers when we moved days after Pete passed away that my only job was to tell them where things went, and it was amazing how quickly the house was emptied out. People transported our belongings to thrift stores, the dump, and our new place in mere hours, some of whom I had never even met before. We had people repair our house and get it ready for um, the landlord to see it. I had an out-of-state friend come out after the move to help us finalize details, talk through all that we'd been through, but also just to have some fun and laugh too. We had friends travel from all over the United States to see us, to celebrate his 50th birthday, and to laugh and recall special memories with us. As soon as our daughter asked for videos and messages for Pete to see when he passed away, we were overwhelmed with so many. We had a friend host our family and closest friends for dinner the night before the funeral. People people covered all of the details of the funeral, including printing enlarged photos for the stage and lobby, the slideshow, music, order of events, the technical aspects, pictures of the event, and the food. We literally showed up 15 minutes beforehand to do a sound check and be present for the event. We had family and friends from out of state be there for our daughters before, during, and after that day as well. When people ask me what can I do for someone I care for when they're hurting, I start with two things. Don't avoid talking about the elephant in the room 
And don't put so much pressure on yourself to say or do the right thing. We who are hurting can easily feel alone and isolated in our pain. So sometimes just a tearful hug or a note that says I'm thinking about you, my heart is breaking, can mean the world. Once I had a friend come up to me and hug me, then sweetly say I don't know what to say right now. And I told her that it meant the world to me that she came up to me and tried, especially I knew how hard that, especially because I knew how hard that was for her. I've had friends and family call, message, or just randomly check in with me to see how I was at that exact moment in time. I felt safe to say that I was having a really hard day or that something good reminded me of Pete. However I was at that moment, I was able to express. I got together with a friend who uh, recently who said, I, I don't know what to say about Thursday, but I do know that I love you and I'm here for you. I said that I was glad that she said that and that that was enough. A friend from church that I'm just now getting to know asked me to tell her what Pete was like. I just said a few sentences about him, but I was beaming ear to ear from the fact that she asked me about him. My last encouragement on this subject is to do what you feel called to and not do what you don't feel called to. I had a phase in my life where I was in a mother's group when I felt like everyone around me was having a baby. I provided a meal for someone almost every time a request was made. It became more of a burden to me, and I didn't always have the best attitude toward it after a while. I actually didn't keep up my commitments with providing meals for families several times who were expecting, who were um, depending on me for that meal because it just wasn't something that gave me a joy, and I, it wasn't something that I could always pull off with five daughters between elementary and high school age. That's not how God wants us to be with our gifts. He wants us to use our talents and our station in, uh, our station in life and do what we can and want to do, but not do what we can't do or don't want to do. <laughs> we should do, shouldn't do anything under obligation, but but because we feel a nudge or calling to do what we can. As I've said many times in my blogs uh, that I did um, continue um, after Pete's passing, I'm so very grateful for what each of you uh, listeners mean. Uh, each of you mean to our family, uh, the girls and I, and how we've had your support from all over the world 